Motivation, Central Station, Grandpa Jim. Let's talk about hydrochloroquine today and let's give you your second uh, stand-up comedy lesson. And then uh, I want to start a feature where I talk about, uh, for some of the younger audience, uh, what the 60s was like. And so uh, let's let's start with... uh, uh, let's start with the hydro, you know, chloroquine and, uh, you know, I don't know if it works or it don't work. Uh, what I do know is that, you know, these, uh, theories about how the government and all these people are scamming, uh, you know, it just don't happen elsewhere. You know, I was thinking today, you know, I listen to my Canadian radio every night. A guy by the name of, uh, he's out of Calgary, Charles uh, Alder. Charles Alder. Great guy. You know, I love it because he plays down the middle. I can't always do that. I'm pretty passionate about some of my points of view and uh, where I'm coming from. But I'm in a different country, too, you know. Um there's not as much chaos in Canada. And, and that's part of my my thing here about the all these conspiracy theories is, you know, the Canadians believe in Canada. You know, they, they're putting the country first. Like I had a soldier say to me, and I love my veterans because I work with veterans that have PTSD. But uh, I was in a state park and I was walking down the hill with this guy and he said, you know, I shouldn't have to wear a mask because I went to war. You know, I basically went to Vietnam and I took care of people there for this country. Well, when you come back, if the government's asking you to put on this little thing on your face and to save others, you know, how difficult is that if your country's asking you to do that? The sense of community and... The sense of, uh, you know, when we were in school, you know, we did say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and and that sort of thing. And, you know, I think we're getting away from that a little bit and we need more thought in that direction. And, you know, I agree uh, with myself <laughs> that we need a third party, you know, and this time it's too short to do anything about but. There's got to be a different voice. There's got to be somebody that can step up to the plate and say, hey, we need a new America. We we need a vision. You know what was nice? Here's something from the 60s. In the 1960s, when we were kids, like they were launching uh, spaceships. They were, they were sending rockets to space, first unmanned, you know, they, they, the first... They put a chimpanzee to fly up into space and to see if he came back. And and then they started putting humans and every one of those events was televised to a national audience. And then when we were younger, too, there were six, maybe six networks across the nation and you had some local stations. You might have had 10 channels to watch. So we were all on the same page pretty much. We all watched shows like... 
uh, you know, Gunsmoke. And if you don't know these, go Google them. That was, you know, the cowboy theme was huge in the 60s. And there was a show about that. There was a show called Bonanza uh, where these uh, guys lived on, uh, you know, you might recognize... uh, Michael Landon from Little House on the Prairie that came out later, but he was on a show called Bonanza, and that's where he blew up. And uh, so, and all the sitcoms back then were cute and funny and not giving digs on anybody, but I'm a comedian, so that doesn't bother me that much. But we, we were all on the same page, and today, like, there's 400 channels, and it seems like everybody's on a different channel, and and so, um, you know, these conspiracy theories, they can't help us. They just can't because we need to trust in good over evil. You know what I'm saying? So uh, back to the 60s and the spaceship things, we would gather around for every one of these things. You know, they'd send these guys up for a week and then they, you were kind of following the situation. In 1969, they put... Um, the men on the moon and uh you know everybody tuned in the whole nation the whole country we weren't on uh some of us on uh fox news and some weren't on cnn and some weren't you know it was abc nbc and i think you know when you uh, are together and you're all you know there's something good about that i don't know how we'd ever get back to that but that's what the 60s were, were like, even though they were tumultuous. You know, there were a lot of events going on in the 60s, you know, a lot of the uh, civil rights movement and and that. But as a whole, I think we still were together as a country. So I want to give you a stand-up comedy lesson number two. So we talked about... Uh, in the first stand-up comedy lesson, you know, the thing that will help you in your career more than anything is if you can figure out what makes you unique. Like some people are unique by nature. I talked of a good friend that's Native American Indian, Jim Rule, and his stuff comes from that experience, you know, and then growing up in a town here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where it's a beer-drinking town, at least early on. I, I haven't seen him in a while, and I'm not sure what type of material he's doing nowadays, but when he was starting out. So it came from that place. Most of us aren't native. Most of us don't have that uh, type of experience. So, you know, what else could make you? I gave the example of a woman that had OCD, and she made her whole bit off of that. Um and I knew a guy that was an attorney. So uh, he would do all his stuff. This is when I was starting out. And he would do all his stuff about being an attorney. And then he worked for a lot of attorney groups. I got a good friend now that gone through um, a... Uh, he had lupus and had to have his colon removed. And he has a colostomy bag. And he does a whole thing about that. And now he's working with kids and healing them through comedy and uh, you know he's a counselor for this national organization and so you know his tragedy became his powerful tool so maybe you have that you know but I want to move on to the second lesson 
And the second thing that I always teach, usually the first assignment, which I gave on that broadcast, was five things you like and five things you don't like. I'm going to use, uh, you know, um, one of my friend's jokes, Tom Clark. He's a Milwaukeean also that's got a special on Amazon. Uh, It's titled Tom Clark. Go watch it. Awesome. He's got a ton of clips on YouTube. He's been on Conan O'Brien, and he does some bit acting on a lot of uh, sitcoms. They always have him uh, play a cop or a bad guy, and he's such a nice guy. I I laugh every time I see it because I know the person under the character, and he's just a good man. So, uh... But anyways, you know, Google his stuff and that. But he does this joke, you know. He goes, you know, you know what I like is when somebody holds the door for you, you know. But but when you're really far away, you know, then you feel compelled to to run into the store, you know. And he said, so the other day I was walking by the front door of the store and this person was holding the door. And so I went running in there and all of a sudden I was like, man, I didn't even want to be in Lane Bryant. And so, you know, uh, that is a clothes store for larger women, uh, plus size women, I should say. Is that a better term? Uh, and uh, so uh, we've all been in that situation where, you know, somebody's holding that door open, uh, but he doesn't talk about it. He shows it. And that's the second big lesson that I teach is um, comedians... And I always teach that you're going to go into a comedy room with an audience and you're going to try to make that audience laugh. And when I managed a comedy club back in 1999, um, over the course of that year, the people that had really big high energy, like a Robin Williams type person, they won and captured that room more than the guy that was more deadpan. Like uh, a deadpan person would be Stephen Wright. If you don't know who Stephen Wright is, I would suggest that you Google his comedy and his brilliance, and he's an Emmy Award winner. And so even though he has low energy, most clubs like higher energy, you know? Um, And so... um, So you're going to always want to show the audience. So I give the example of uh, my neighbor was out on the lawn. She looks like a lot like Rosie O'Donnell on steroids. So it gives you a little bit of imagery. If you know what uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell looks like, and with steroids usually make you more muscular, right? So so that'll give you some type of picture of, you know, if I just said my neighbor's out on the lawn and she's picking up, you know, trash off the lawn, it wouldn't give you much of a picture. But when we use these references, uh, my neighbor was out, uh, looks like Rosie O'Donnell on steroids, picking up some trash off her lawn, now, as an audience, we were all on the same page. We, you know, brings us together. Uh, you know, I would assume the majority of people would know Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, she was a, definitely a stronger reference 
a few years back. Like she's been out of the public eye. So maybe you would use a different reference. Like maybe today you'd use Ellen DeGeneres, you know, uh, you know, just be, to update the reference, you know. But um, the other thing is, is uh, when I first did my career, I was introduced. I did took a stand-up class in 1996, and a guy by the name of Frank Caliendo came in to pick up a check. He had worked in a local comedy club, and the person that taught our class was a booking agent, and she would take a little bit of the fee when she got you work, and he was coming in to pay her her fee, and then she asked him to do five minutes, and he he could do an impression of Rosie O'Donnell. He's one of the world's best impressionists ever to live. He's got a great career. Um, he was on Mad TV, and he also... Uh, was on ESPN for a while, Fox uh, Sports. He was the uh, person after Jimmy Kimmel, and he would do all the impressions. He's a guy you'd want to Google, too. And that impression thing is quite a gift from God. So most of us don't have that ability, but we do have the ability to use really strong references. So uh, lesson number two is you always want to show the audience what you're talking about. It's better to show them um, then just talk about it. It keeps people engaged in the back of the room when they see you moving on stage. Um, it'll keep them more focused in on to your set, and it will also give you more um, control over the room. So uh, we will talk more about stand-up. I think uh, conspiracies got to go in this country, and uh, hope to give you more 60s insight you know, with SpaceX going up this week, it reminded me of uh, being a kid and, and why, you know, I, I caught some video clips. I don't know if it was anywhere being broadcast, uh, but uh, it probably should have been, you know. We need things to bring the country back together again. And so other than that, kids, um, you know, try to go help somebody today. Go help a neighbor, uh, you know. If you have nothing to give, you can always give a smile. Have a wonderful, awesome day. You're the best. Know it. Go conquer. Go achieve. And have a great day.